virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Leah, that is one of my absolutely most favorite Christmas verses, and it's so good to share it with you guys. God is with us. God is with us this afternoon. He's right here in our midst. I mean, this is Christmas. This is what Christmas is all about. Jesus came into this world. God became flesh. God became a human, and he lives here he is, he is around here in this place, and I love to share this with you, this, this truth. God is Come with on, us on the bottom here in yes. the house. It's so good to celebrate this with you all, guys. I love it. I really love it. Yeah, you are on fire, Nico. But you know, if you are on fire, these powerful statements out of the Bible is so easy to grasp. Because you are on a mountaintop, you're a sunny boy. I mean, but life is not only... On mountaintops, we all know that. Life is also walking through valleys. Amen. Amen. Staying in deserts. Amen. Amen. It's very dry. And being in the, in the wilderness. But we all know, right there in the wilderness, in your deepest need, Emmanuel, God is with us. And that's the topic today. Simon, I love the poetic word wilderness. I love to be in the wilderness, to walk through the wilderness because it's, a, it's an adventurous thing. Um, and there are a lot of moments in the Bible where people are also going through the wilderness. I, I remember Elijah, I remember John the Baptist, I remember Jesus, Mary and um, uh, Joseph, they also went through the wilderness uh, to Bethlehem. And it's a... Uh, um, most of the time, it's um, a place where you have a deep encounter with God, a spiritual thing. It's a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good place, but it's also a dangerous place. It's sometimes a very dry place. And the thing is, you don't have signs in the wilderness when you walk there. You never know when you will get out of the wilderness. That's not so easy sometimes, I would say. True word, yeah. Yes, and as you said, Nico, the wilderness looks all nice and beautiful from the outside. But if you are in the midst of it, you often feel alone. When we came together, we were so in love. Everything was pink and light blue, and we you. wanted to marry very fast, so we planned our wedding. But shortly before the wedding, he became cold feet, and we had to cancel it. No. We didn't we, break we, up. We postponed. we postponed it. Anyway, for me, the world collapsed. And from the outside, you could say that's just a trivial situation because we were still together. Mm. And that's the point. Wilderness is not always um, comprehensible. It feels very bad if you're inside. And the Bible says the, the devil goes around like a lion. And that's what he did. He cried his, his lies into my face that I'm not loved, that I'm not worthy. And I felt so sad. I cried a lot and I, I felt in this wilderness and I didn't know how to get out of it. Yeah. You were very at a very bad place and uh, it was tough. But you know, interesting is that these wilderness moments, all, all, a lot of times, not always, but a lot follows mountaintop situations. You know, we were so, so in love. Mm -hmm. Everything in Rosa, mm -hmm. and then bam, in the wilderness. And we found a very amazing story. 
regarding this in the life of the prophet Elijah. And we are so keen on to dive into um, a chapter of the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 19. But before we do that, that we are on the same page, we want to give you um, some mountaintop um, background, what Elijah um, lived with his, with his God. The thing is, um, Elijah lived in times of King Ahab. And Ahab was a really bad king because he served other gods, not the God of Israel. And that's why Elijah went to Ahab and said to him, hey, because you are serve other gods, it will not rain not in three years. Man. Hallelujah, it's not raining, man. And Ahab, for three years, he looked after, he looked for Elijah on his horse. <laughs> he wanted to find him, but he didn't find him because he was in a, in a highway at the creek called Crit. There he was fed by ravens every morning with meat and bread. Mountaintop number one. Then the river dried out and um, Elijah had to find another hideaway. He came to a little town where he lived at a, a widow with um, her son. They had only one jar of flour and one jar of oil. Elijah prayed and this one jar of oil and one jar of flour was enough for a whole year. It, it didn't um, went out. Mountaintop number two. Then the boy gets sick, the boy died. Elijah laid on him, he prayed, he um, 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 uh, breathed new life into him, and the boy um, uh, was rescued from the death. Unbelievable. Mountaintop number three. What a mountaintop. And then the showdown on Mount Carmel. Elijah said, we want to see who is the real God, Baal, the, the God of, um, uh, of um, Ahab, or the God of Israel, my God. He called every priest of Baal onto this mountain, 850 guys. And he said to them, make a sacrifice, but don't lit the fire. The fire has to come from Baal. The priests sacrificed, and then they did their dance to um, scream to their gods. Hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya, ho. Hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya, ho. Hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya, ho. Hey, ya, hey, ya. Nothing, nothing happened. No fire. Then Elijah sacrificed. He didn't light um, uh, the, the sacrifice. He prayed, boom, fire fall from heaven. Mountaintop number four. Then he lets the uh, ball priest killed, and then he prayed, God, please give us rain again after three years, and it rained. It rained again. Hallelujah. Mountaintop number five. What great miracles. I mean, you see, God comforted Elijah. God um, nourished Elijah. Miracle after miracle. He was really at the top of, of, of believing of his faith. Mm. Mountaintop after mountaintop. What, but what he didn't mention yet is that this terrible King Ahab had an even more terrible wife named Jezebel. And she heard that Eliad killed all those false priests and she got very mad. But because, uh, but why? The thing is, she was a foreign queen and she brought the priest with her when she married Ahab. She um, uh, um, brought this religion into Israel and they were their priests and she was very, very upset about their death. So she was very mad. And she went to Elijah and she told him, tomorrow, at this time, I will kill you. One word of a woman and all the adventures were forgotten. 
Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Lord, he said, Take my life. I'm not better than my ancestors. Then Elijah lay down under the bush and fell asleep. He was so afraid because of Jezebel. He ran 100 miles just because of her. He was really at the end. And at this point, he said, I have had enough. He couldn't go on. He couldn't go on. I don't know if you experience this sometimes also in your life. I mean, since I am a kid, I love to be in the church. I love to build the kingdom of God. I love my Jesus. And um, there is nothing that makes me more happy than to work for him. And uh, um, um, few weeks before the ladies' lounge, we had a really lot going on in church. We worked for the ladies' lounge that all the ladies from all Europe can have a, a deep encounter with God. We worked on the Christmas experience. We had a lot of rehearsals. Then we worked on the Easter play because um, after Christmas is before Easter. We have to uh, practice the dances for Easter already. We begin in November. And then um, uh, we uh, were working on the, on the different settings. Um, because of the coronavirus, we had to have more hosts. And I, I said, yes, I, I'm into it. Let, let me be a host wherever it, it, it uses me. And then I helped a friend of mine who was um, uh, um, bringing a, a play on stage in Glarus because he helps me when we do the uh, Easter special um, uh, musicals. And I said, yes, I, I'm with you. I come to Glarus. I went to Glarus. I um, rehearsed there. I came back. I rehearsed for Christmas. I um, rehearsed here for an Easter musical. And then my wife also tried to um, organize um, a record release concert. Everything okay, I mean, I love it. What she's doing, what we are doing, what we are doing in church. And then Ladies' Lounge came. I was really flying because I saw Jesus moving all the ladies here in the, in the room. It was one o'clock in the, in the, in the um, uh, noon. And then my phone rang. I got it up and my wife was crying and she said, I don't know what to do. My saxophone player has coronavirus. He can't play this night the concert. And there are three players in their band, herself, the saxophone player, the drummer. And I said, God, how is this possible? I work so hard for you. I, I mean, I, I, I love you. I love your church, but please help my wife. And I was so sad because I couldn't be with her because I had to be here. And I said, Jesus, I, I, I can't anymore. What, what, what can I do? I, I was really at the end of my Latin. We say in German, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, and we all know that one thing is too much. You can handle a lot, but then one thing knocks you down. That was that phone call. And interesting in, in the life of Elijah, let's see what God is doing. Elijah in the desert, totally exhausted. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. Elijah looked around 
and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and the jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Nico, what the Bible tells us there, maybe sometimes the most spiritual thing is just to eat something and have a break, have a good sleep. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat. The journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And spent the night, important for our message. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing, Elijah? Oh man, I love this story. It's so powerful. And I love that God is the main actor. I mean, he could say to Elijah, hey, um, what's your problem? I mean, you have seen all my miracles. He could say, hey, how can it be that you are afraid of one sentence of one woman? But he didn't that. What did, what, what did God do? He went all the way after Elijah, really gentle, 160 kilometers and then another 40 days and 40 nights. He walked behind him. He was always with him. And then when he saw that the time has come for Elijah, when, he, um, uh, when, he, when it was the time, he said to him, hey, buddy, let's talk about the situation. Why, why are you here? What's, what's going on in your heart? I love it so much that God is the actor. He runs after him. It's not as we always um, hear, oh, you have to seek uh, first. God seeks first, Elijah. It's God who is running after his beloved son, Elijah. I love that. Come on. Mm. Yes. God seems to be like a good friend. Because if you are in your wilderness and you don't know how to get out of it, you need someone who understands you, who takes you by your hand and mm. leads you. And that's what God does with Elijah in this situation. I love that too. Yes. And then... We have an answer of our friend Elijah. Elijah replied, Lord God Almighty, I served you with my whole heart, but the Israelites, they broke the covenant. They destroyed your altars and they killed your prophets. I'm the only one left over and now they want to kill me a little detail who makes a difference here to understand the story i told you the passage before it was after the day um, where elijah slept he had he had one night to sleep about all those those journeys and i think this is the thing the alarm clocks are ringing very hard when you are not in a good mood in the morning because when you sleep and when you get restored in the morning normally you should be in a mood where you say okay new day new luck new chances but Elijah in the morning this is his morning mood he is absolutely destroyed and I think the point is if slept would have helped him the sleep would have helped him he uh, would have um, no problems but he has a big problem he's not tired 
That's the point. He is exhausted, and that's a big difference to be tired or yes. to be exhausted. Dear friends, that's a very interesting and very important point for us tonight. I really don't think, and let's be honest tonight, I think that you are not lacking physical rest, but spiritual refreshments. Because you are not tired, but spiritual dehydrated. I'm, not, I'm talking as Simon now, not in the role. Dear friends, you need a refreshment for, from God, the Father. You need a revelation what Jesus Christ did for you and me. You need a hug of the Father. And we prayed so much for this celebration that we really can have an account with God in this celebration. Yes. Simon, I'm so desperate in need of those hugs of the Father in heaven. And I think of, of King David. He's a, a big a model, a role model for me because in all his situations, he, he ever went back to these hawks. I, I see um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He revitalizes my soul. He mm. lets me to the fresh water yes. and he gives me new power. I think this revitalize, a beautiful word, hard to say for me, but it's... Um, it's my soul has to, 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 to be renewed. Come and on. it's the, the new power doesn't come from a, a long holiday or a long weekend sleep or, um, or watching a Netflix for 10 hours. Yes. The new power, the refreshment comes from the fresh water. And the fresh water is, is this encounter, this yes. deep encounter with Jesus, with God, from the word, from, from listening to God, from being with him, from, from um, being really close to, to the heart of the Father. That's it. Yeah. Yes, and that's what, what Elijah experienced with God, this hug. Mm. And the situation, my wilderness situation, after the canceled wedding, I always thought, I need Simon's confirmation about how lovable and marriageable, how worthy I am. But what I, what I actually needed was God and his truth about my life. Mm. That I'm a beloved child of God and that my identity is undestroyable in him. Your deepest need becomes a gift if it leads you to rely on God. We enjoy God in this mountaintop situation where we celebrate him and say, yeah. thank you, Jesus, for this spectacular way of life but we experience him in wilderness situation that's where he forms and strengths our faith yeah. that's where we grow and that's what God did with Elijah what a story listen now the Lord said Elijah Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Where are you? Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. Where are you, God? Are you there? Where are you? 
But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. God, are you there? But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. God, are you there? But the Lord was not in the fire. Where are you? And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard the whisper, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. God was not in a storm. Oh God, you were not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. Earth, wind and fire. God was none of these. He was not in the extraordinary. He was in the ordinary. He was in the whispering. Why is it that in these wilderness situations, in the desert, God often speaks so quiet? Why doesn't he speak in a spectacular and loud way? When he wants to hear us, why is God whispering? God whispers. God whispers because he's close. He's right there with you. God whispers because he's close. He sees you. shouting louder but by drawing you near I see you you are not alone I love you you are my child I see your sickness I see your loneliness I see your questions I had a ski accident years ago and for several hours I hit my head very hard and I, I, for several hours I lost my memories and I was there speaking with people I, I couldn't, re couldn't remember for three hours and they brought me to the hospital and they found out, oh, what's wrong with Simon and there in the hospital I woke up and I didn't know which year it was. They asked you these questions. What's your name? Which year it is? Which month it is? I didn't know anything. I even didn't know that I had a daughter. 
three months old. And I was so lost, I tell you. When you are recognizing that you are not remembering anything, you are really in a bad place. And the friend who brought me to the hospital, he told me, Simon, you repeated one sentence the whole again and again. And the sentence was, one thing I know. Leah is my wife and Jesus is my redeemer. One thing I know. Leah is my wife and Jesus is my redeemer. And when he told me that, that hit me so hard. It really touched me because I know even when I'm not fully conscious that Jesus is my redeemer. That's so deep in, in, in me. And that was really, really powerful for me. And some years later, in the year 2014, I was really again in a wilderness place because I didn't know if this is the right place for me to work. In ICF, I was singing uh, as a worship leader for years, and then we had restructuring and so, and I just said, oh, is this my place, still my place? And I spiraled down in very bad thoughts, and I, I ended up at a very bad place mentally, in my mind, my soul. And I couldn't work for about three months. At home, I was just a shadow, not usable for nothing. And there, no lights, no to-dos. After some weeks, I was sitting there. I can't remember it like it was yesterday. When I heard God's voice and he said, Simon, you are my kid. I love you not because of what you do, because I'm your father, because we have a relationship. You are worthy because you are my son. Not, not because of ICF or singing on stage or whatever the future will bring. You are in my hand. I am your redeemer. And I tell you, that gave me such a foundation for the next years to come. That gave me the foundation to, to, spill, to build up to get stable again, find back into the job. Other doors went open. And we really are praying and we really are believing that tonight God is calling you out. God want, wants to whisper to you, speaks truth to you, because maybe you are tired as well. Maybe you are in, in, in the wilderness right now. That's your moment. I'm so thankful, Simon, that God whispered to you. It changed so many things in your life. And I think we all need that. Elijah needed that. You needed it. I need it. Leah need it, needs it. We all need it, you know. If, 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 we, if we don't have those encounters with God, this whispering, I mean... This is so life-changing. And look, God didn't whisper to Elijah because he was a big prophet. He spoke to him because he was his son, like Simon is his son, like Leah is his daughter. And you are his daughter. You are his son. And he 
wants to whisper. I, I just invite you to make one little step in front of the cave. And then let's wait and listen. That's all what is needed. A little step in front of the cave. And then let's really listen. And I pray, Jesus, please, please whisper now. Here are your daughters, your sons. Please whisper. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye